0: I hope the sound of the waves in the background is not gonna be picked up by the microphone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just you just had to throw that in there, didn't you? That you're recording from the beach. <laughs> you just had to mention it. Alright, not
0: literally from the beach, but across the street from the beach. So
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Is is it nice to be back in California?
0: Oh my god, it is so nice. It is <laughs> so nice. It, Have you uh, surfed yet? Yes. Uh three times already, or oh, two times. We've been here uh, here for two days and so twice. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, feeling pretty good about it. Feeling pretty good about it. It's just nice to, I don't know, people are happy, the weather is just beautiful, everybody's smiling, everybody's, <laughs> most people are in shape and just, I don't know, they carry it on their faces that they're happy to be here. And then walk down to the beach and when my feet touched the sand, it was like, it felt, felt like magical like i was like oh my god i'm back you know it felt like very very special and and the water is as warm as it's ever been like literally it's never been any warmer than that here in in, in san diego so surfing is just it's just amazing nice small waves just the way i like them with warm water it's it's just it's just perfect it's just beautiful.
1: <laughs> wow, I didn't expect that kind of uh, passionate answer there, but uh, it sounds like you've really been missing California.
0: Yeah, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really missing it, but um, I'm so happy to be back here. Uh, it's very temporary. I'm here for two weeks, not even two weeks, but uh, I do intend to soak it all in because uh, because after that, going back to the Midwest for a week, and then going back to France. So, that's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to leave this place again. Now, it's it's San Diego you're in, yeah? Yeah. A little north of San Diego, not San Diego, San Diego, just a little bit north of San Diego.
1: Okay, and I'm not too familiar with California the state. How far are you guys from all those crazy wildfires fires in Redding?
0: Uh, very far. Very far? <laughs> yeah. Is that further north or, yeah. or what is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's very north of us. Usually the fires are are in this area. And, uh, but there was a a couple, a few times, like two years where, especially one that was what in 2005 or six, maybe like there was like, you could, the fires were pretty far away, but there was so much fire. Then I woke up one morning, like there was like, like a layer of ashes on my car, you know, and I just like ashes. I had to clean the windshield so I could drive off. I mean, everybody had to do that. Not just me um the air was super dry it smelled like smoke everywhere the sky was just this strange orangey color that i had never seen was kind of scary it looked like the apocalypse and it Uh did this again like a few years later it was so weird like you wake up and you you open the door it smells like like ashes smells like fire and the fire that last time it was maybe three or four years ago the fire was just like a few miles away from our our home. So that was kind of scary. We were fairly safe, um, but still like the fire was very, very, very close. People like tons of people lost their houses. And I mean, it's scary, scary looking, but right now we're pretty safe right now. It's, it's, we personally are pretty safe where we're at.
1: Yeah. I've seen the, I've seen the photos of the orange sky and, uh and whatnot on Twitter from people who buy the most recent fires And, uh, I've actually got a, I've got a cousin that lives out in Redding and they were asked to evacuate, but I guess the fire took a turn or the firefighters were able to turn the fire a little bit and they were allowed to go back to their homes. Um, but yeah, crazy stuff, man. It's, it's weird to think that a fire like that can get that out of control. Um, it's just, it's a bad deal, (laughs) but it's a good thing that you're away from it and you're having fun in California. And we've got this great podcast ahead of us here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, We've got actually several notes here that we want to talk about. A lot happened within the last week. Uh, particularly Apple gave its earnings. It hit a huge, 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 uh, milestone from a economic standpoint. Uh, but first I want to talk about the betas because literally they just happened. Uh, we were getting ready to start recording this morning, um, at around noon, uh, noon my time, uh, 10, 10 a.m. your time and 10 a.m. Apple's time, but they released beta six. Of iOS 12 and all of the other uh, major platform updates uh, kind of weird right because these come just a week after beta 5 came out and uh, it, you know we are getting close I guess to the September release date that I think we're all looking forward to uh, but it still feels a little early to start doing the weekly uh, things but obviously Apple had some bugs or some kinks that wanted to work out and so they released beta 6 today are you still running beta on your iPhone and, and Apple watch and all your devices.
0: Yeah, so just iPhone and Apple Watch. That's okay. that's about it. And I'm happy they're releasing Beta 6 today because I've had issues with Beta 5, especially on watchOS. There's a bunch of things not working. Um, Apple Pay for or oh, wallet. You know, like when you double press the side button, you know, it shows your wallet uh, on, on Apple Watch. This is not working anymore for me. Um, health syncing stuff is not working uh, there's a bunch of little things like this that I actually rely on that are not working, especially like my step counting and stuff like this. Like this is what I really rely on. Um, uh, exercise count seems to be wacky, uh, on my Apple watch. And, and I have like weird issues, um, on iOS as well. So I was wondering if this, um, Unexpected release of beta six came because, uh, to fix some of these issues that I am experiencing and maybe other people are experiencing. Because like you said, typically we typically it's not, you know, set in stone, It's not official, but typically these releases come every two weeks. And, and sometimes Apple misses a, a week or sometimes they release one week in advance, like, like today. Uh, but it's usually pretty much on beat. Um, and when they release something like this, like a week later, I'm always thinking that it, it might be to fix an issue that is somewhat pressing and couldn't wait for one more week. Um, so I'm hoping this is it. I'm actually installing beta 6 on my, OS, uh, on my iPhone right now, right next to me. And once it's done, I'm going to be installing uh, beta 6 on my Apple Watch, which should take about a day and a half as usual. And uh, I can't wait to try <laughs> this on because, yeah, it's it's been pretty wonky, and and I don't like this wonky enough that I was like, should I just keep wearing my watch or not? Because like this is not doing, this is not helping me right now. This is really not helping me, and it's kind of bothering me. So instead of stressing out about this, I could just take off the watch and not think about it, you know, until it's fixed. So we'll see where two days lead us with the S6, but I'm pretty hopeful.
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you do for? Uh, like your steps and whatnot if your watch isn't working how do you make sure that you're because i mean you're on uh i don't know if it's a continuous streak i can't remember the last time that you would have taken a break but maybe it's after your surgery or something but uh how do you log those uh steps in
0: um well i use an app called steps app on apple watch Okay. I think you've told us about Yeah, it before, yeah, actually. yeah. I really like this app. It, it it needs some work. It needs some polishing. Um but it's the best step counter that I've found. Uh and I and I've tried all of them, you know, like Pedometer Plus Plus and all that stuff. But but Steps app, I I really like its interface. I really like what it does. So that's the one I'm using, but I've had an issue with this one um step counting in the health app on ios you know like a uh, the, the step counting that your watch does whether you have an app installed or not like this one works circles, yeah this one works but doesn't sync well with steps app uh and there was like the first uh when was that when uh tuesday i think i think i think tuesday last tuesday like my activity anything like my rings just didn't move at all that day even though I did the exact same thing, there was nothing, like, like I didn't wear my watch that day. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I rebooted like 40 times, and, and the next day, eventually, like the ring started, started moving. But I don't know, it's been super, super wacky. But yeah, uh, Steps app is a really good um, step tracker for watch with a beautiful also uh, app, obviously, for uh, iPhone make it, uh, displays the information in a very nice way, clear, you know, with a dark background and stuff. It's, it's a beautiful app. I just wish the developer spent a little more time polishing it and, and adding features and stuff. But, um, for the most part, it is the best app that I found to, to, to track my steps. Does
1: the iPhone log steps on its own?
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. If you have your iPhone in your pocket, it's gonna, it's gonna, uh, track steps.
1: Uh, I thought so too, but I just, uh. It was a more like a lazy tweet. Like I didn't look it up myself. I was like <laughs> Sebastian might know this. Um, I'm at the same point as you though. I am not uh uh not currently wearing my watch. Well I think you still are, but we're debating taking it off. I took mine off a while ago, uh, when I started doing the IOS twelve betas because I have an original series zero watch and it's not updating to the next beta and it just doesn't seem like they play very nice together. The watch is on the latest version, it can be on. Um And it is, uh, it just doesn't seem like it gets the notifications. It loses Bluetooth connection a lot with my iPhone. Um, the two just really hadn't been working well together. So I haven't worn my watch for probably, uh, maybe two weeks now. Wow. And actually it's literally just sitting here on my desk, uh, on top of its box because I'm going to be selling it. I'm, you know, I don't know if these go for much anymore. I think I saw a few of these going for just under a hundred bucks on eBay. So hopefully I can get somewhere close to that, but I'm really just at this point just ready to see what Apple unveils this year. Uh, if it's a big step forward, I'll go for it in the Apple Watch. And if it's, if it's not, then maybe I'll look for a discounted Series 3 because there's been a lot of rave reviews about those. Um, but just like, I guess as a side note. So really the only beta, ver- uh, beta device I'm, I'm running right now is, uh, uh, my iPhone with iOS 12. And, uh, I know I mentioned some early, uh, some early beta problems. I was having, uh, weird, uh, bugs on the lock screen and, uh, problems receiving notifications. I don't see the lock screen bugs anymore, uh, or as much anymore. Uh, I'm still getting weird notifications. Uh, Slack's a big one for me still. Uh, I know somebody mentioned on Twitter to me, uh, like, Hey, check your do not disturb. Cause for my iOS 12 beta device, it's been popping on and that's what's keeping the notifications away. I've looked at the do not disturb and, uh, it's not activated. So this is literally just something with. I don't know if it thinks it already showed me the banner and then it's just dismissed or maybe the banner comes down halfway or something and I just don't see it. And then that's already registered as an alert sent and it's not going to keep reminding me about it. There's something kind of off there because I'm still missing some notifications. Uh, And I've had some weird just like weird random shutdown bugs. Like there was one where I couldn't swipe up from the lock screen even though I saw the unlock symbol at the top and I was trying to just swipe up, you know, from the activator at the bottom. And, uh, it just kept spinning in a, like, I was almost like I was turning a Rubik's cube around and around on its axis. And, uh, it just, but it just wouldn't do anything. The phone wouldn't open up. So I eventually had to force, uh, force shut it down and restart it. So there's been a couple odd instances like that. Um, I just know that in the beginning of the iOS 12 betas, everybody said, this is by far the most stable beta and, and it's fine to run on your daily driver. And I just, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I know it's beta, so that obviously puts a huge asterisk right there, but I just, I haven't had the experience of it's super stable and feels like a final release. So like you, I'm hoping that, uh, today's, uh, update brings, uh, some fixes there. Are you, uh, are you excited at all about Mac OS? Uh,
0: Mojave? Yeah. Um, mm, dark I, mode I, and I, anything I, like that? No, I can't say I, I am. I mean, uh. uh i'm not un- not excited you know i it's just <laughs> it, it is a very utilitarian way of using a computer that I do you know it's for a specific purpose and and, and i i just don't uh how do you explain that it's not I, I don't get excited about these things anymore for the mac you know like i i we've reached a point where everything that I need on my mac is here, and you know they introduce new features every year and and they are more or less helpful. Um, but what I've seen from Mojave this year, um, is not going to, I think, improve my workflow in any meaningful, meaningful, meaningful way. Um, doc, I'm not a dark mode guy, so I'm probably not going to use dark mode, um, on my computer. Uh, and, and the other features are, are not that significant, quite frankly. So, um, I'm happy they're coming, yeah, you know, I'm happy that uh Apple is spending time on that, but it's it's really not gonna change much for me
1: i am uh I want to make you a t shirt that says I'm not a dark mode kind of guy <laughs> 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 that's funny, see, I am looking forward to dark mode on uh on Mojave, but that's really it, right, and I think that's kind of why I asked you about it. I don't hear a lot of people talking about mojave i don't feel super psyched about it myself, I thought you made a really good point with it's not really going to impact my workflow in any meaningful way. So um, it's not like you're just, uh, I don't know, it's not like you're just counting the the tiny new features that are being released in Mojave. There's really not that many to count either. Um, so it's just kind of a I'm hoping it's it stays reliable. And I'm hoping it doesn't break a lot of the third party apps we use. Uh, and I'm hoping that uh, dark mode it's support by a lot of these applications right third-party applications obviously apple's own stock applications i guess it'll be interesting to see some of these uh stock applications uh make it to the mac um and try those out but other than that yeah there's just not a lot there just like with TVOS 12 i have zero to, you know i am zero percent looking forward to tv OS 12 there's just come
0: on these, new, these <laughs> new wallpaper
1: man <laughs> these new animated uh screensavers yeah Oh man, so we'll see. These betas are out. We obviously don't have them on our devices yet, but we will shortly, and uh, we'll just kind of keep an eye on that because again, we're just we're not that far from an expected uh, Apple iPhone event. They usually do it in the first couple of weeks of September. We're in the almost in the second week of August, so uh, we're not that far away. Um. All right, let's jump into some of the more media part of our notes. The first one is uh, Apple made an announcement this past week that it kind of affects us, right? IDB as a whole and and in our business, uh, they said that they are going to remove uh, apps and in-app purchases from uh, its iTunes affiliate program. So if you know what iTunes affiliate uh, is, it's if you're an affiliate partner with iTunes, that means that you can get a custom link to send out to people and if they click through that link and if they purchase something then you would get a very let's let's make this clear a very small percentage of commission uh, for basically promoting that link that's an affiliate link and uh if you've ever clicked on a app link from us right so you read a really cool app review or you read one of my really cool app roundups uh every saturday morning uh, if you've ever clicked one of those links chances are it had an affiliate link on it and, uh, it's just kind of a bummer, right? That Apple's decided to, to end this program. They said starting, uh, on October 1st of this year, commissions for iOS and Mac apps and in-app content will be removed from the program. It, you just, why? It feels like that's nickel and diming, right? There's no way they could have been spending that much money on that program that <laughs> they are the first company. We'll get, really get into this here in a minute, but, uh, the first company to reach a trillion dollar market cap. And you just have to wonder, uh, uh why they would make such a move. Now I know that when they started this program it was probably because they're like, you know, we really want these apps to be promoted, we want to drive traffic to the App Store. Now that they're breaking records every quarter on App Store revenue and things like that, maybe they feel like they're at a point where they don't need to do these payouts anymore. Um I mean, as a as a owner of a site that that got income from this, what is your take on Apple canceling these commissions?
0: Well, it's a little upsetting when you when you you know, from a business standpoint, when you take money away from a business overnight, um, it is it is upsetting. Um, but for us, it wasn't. It was never a huge part of the revenue that the site generates. So it's not it's not make or break kind of deal. It's still upsetting. Um, from a business standpoint, I understand why they're doing this. Uh, they fear. That they don't need you know, small sites like us and all the other sites that promote applications. That, that's what they feel, and that's probably th- that might be the data that they've gathered that tells them that they don't need sites like us anymore. I don't believe it. But if that's what they believe, I'm I'm fine with them making this decision. You know, I know it stings for us, uh, but that's a business decision and they're they're uh entitled to make their own. You know, they do whatever they want. It's not like Having being part of the iTunes affiliate program is a right. No, it's not a right. It's something they they made available to uh, to websites or internet marketers, and and they can take it out any any they want. What um, there are two things. What stings here is how uh, smug they came about it, and and in, in their explanation when they say. Uh, with the launch of the new App Store on both iOS and macOS and their increased methods of app discovery, we will be removing apps from the affiliate program. This is basically telling me that, thank you so much for your service for all these years. We don't need you anymore, so go F yourself now. And that's, that's how I read it. Seriously, I was like, wow, that is really, really cold. You could have said the exact same thing in a very nicer way, that wasn't so smug and so cocky. And, and I think that would have made the pill easier to swallow. Um, and I also don't think this is the right decision. Um, I mean, their, their data might show them that because of the new app store redesign, uh, app discovery is much better, but as a user, um, I would argue that app discovery is just as bad as it ever was. Like I always see the same application in the app store. It's always the same crap coming back up. And yeah, from time to time, you know, like there is a new app and stuff like this. But I always see the same things. Always, always, always. Sure, it looks good now. You have like these beautiful big cards, and you tap with like custom uh, designs and stuff like this. It looks really nice. Uh, I'm not sure it it's helping app discovery. And let's keep in mind that there's like hundreds of thousands of application in the App Store, hundreds of new applications, maybe even thousands of new applications are being released each day. There is absolutely no way, there is no possible way that Apple can give a fair chance or can even uncover all these little gems that are being released, maybe not every every day, but every week. And little sites like us and, you know, and hundreds of other sites uh, over the internet, were doing a great service to to not only users but to developers by uncovering these applications, by you know getting in touch with developers or developers getting in touch with sites and getting some sort of coverage for their applications that they would never ever have if it wasn't for for sites like like IDB and the others. Like I was talking about Steps app a few minutes ago. That's an app I've never, ever seen in the App Store. And it's one of the best Pedometer app ever to me. You know, I use this app every day. I've been, you know, using Pedometer apps for years. And I can tell you this is one of the best. I've never seen it. However, when I see something about, like, walking in the App Store, one of these app collections, it's always the same. It's always the same app coming back, you know, like Pedometer++ and all this similar application Um steps app never had a chance in the app store but steps app had a chance uh, because it it was uncovered by sites like IDB and others um, now it's not because Apple is killing this affiliate program that IDB and other sites will not cover um, apps anymore we actually will keep doing the exact same thing in the exact same manner except we will not, not make not make commission anymore on apps downloaded uh, through us. But I think there's a lot of smaller sites out there that will not be able to afford to do that. Um, uh, I think it's the guy at Touch Arcade that said that... That's really bad for them. That's yeah, really that's bad really because, really because bad that's, bad I them. think that's, they rely on, on uh, commissions, affiliate commissions at 90% maybe of their revenue is app commissions. So you take that away, you basically take the entirety of their uh, revenue stream and that makes operating a website impossible going from there. So... So it's going to kill, it's going to kill website. It's not going to kill us. And we'll keep doing the same coverage we've done uh, about application. Nothing's going to change, but it's going to kill hundreds of little sites around the internet and these hundreds of little sites and YouTube channels as well. You know, not just, not just website, but uh, probably YouTube channel as well. It's going to kill hundreds of these. And that's, that's ultimately bad for developers. And if it's bad for developers, it's bad for users. And if it's bad for users, it's bad for Apple. Like, I mean, it's it's bad for everybody. All this just to save a few, you know, a few million dollars each month in affiliate commission that Apple is probably paying uh, people people like us. Um Again, they're entitled to their own decisions. Uh, they do whatever they want. As I said again, like you know, having an affiliate program or being part of the affiliate program is not a right that we have. You know, they do whatever they want, and that's fine from that point of view. But I think it's it's damaging for for everybody, uh, developers, Apple, and and users. So that's that's to me what is the most upsetting in this.
1: Yeah, it's, you, you made so many good points there. I'll just try to tack onto it a little bit. Um, it was very cold how they said it. I don't think it's the right move for them. They were clearly, uh, um, you know, that's kind of like get the top of Mount Everest and not thanking the Sherpas for helping you get there kind of deal. You know, it's, it feels almost foolish. Like that's a big company type of foolish move you make when you feel like you've gotten big enough that you don't need to, to keep the relationships with the little guys. Right. If you're just looking at this from a bird's eye view and you just got the eyebrow raised as high as it goes, you, you just want to be real skeptical about what went into this decision and how long before they do this to the rest of the iTunes store, you know, the movies commissions and things like that. Um, uh, like you said, for our, uh, for our site, this is more of a pinprick but man, you really got to feel bad for, uh, Arnold Kim and his crew over there. Uh, if you don't know him, he runs Mac rumors. They, their sister sites are touch arcade and app shopper. Um, I don't know how many people it takes to run app shopper. It may just be a a mostly automated type of scraping of the app store, but that is a hunt. That has to be a hundred percent of how they, uh, made any type of money on app shopper was through app commissions. Um, I used it for a long time as a, uh, as a resource for, uh, Um, just discovering new apps, you know, they had all these different ways you could filter it down like uh free or paid, which apps are on sale, just a, just a tremendous resource that you couldn't do in the app store. You can't sort the apps by, by the newest and the most recently discounted and, and really drill down, uh, what you're looking for. Like I want the, I want a weather app on sale that works on the iPad, you know? Um, so anyways, It's a, it's a bummer. And for touch arcade, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm reading this statement that they made and they said, we literally have no idea what we're going to do. I feel like I saw them set up a Patreon account where, you know, you can, you can kind of pay them a monthly, uh, token or whatever and, and help keep the site running. But, uh, I do know that they kept, uh, that like you said, a lot of their stuff depended on commissions. Another great resource for, uh, games and game reviews for my weekly, uh, app. Roundup. I always look at them first for any cool new games that came out because I know they're going to highlight them. And I know they've got a nice little, uh, forum there with the community that will tell you. They'll literally say, Hey, tried this out and it looks good. And then I know that it's a, it's a solid game. It's a little more reliable to me than, than, uh, the app store reviews themselves. Um, and, and I'm kind of in this, right? Like I do this weekly apps of the week roundup and, while I do, you know, I'll visit on the iPhone, I'll look at the section in the app store that says great new apps. There's very often those either aren't updated week to week like they used to be or like they should be. Um, but a lot of times they're just, you know, they're just not great apps. They're branded type apps. And I do take a little bit of pride in this weekly app roundup in, in uh, surfacing cool apps that maybe you didn't know of before. Um, and that's not going to happen every week. You know, sometimes I'm even kind of disappointed with the selections. I just, you know, after <laughs> so long of looking, you're like, okay, well, this looks like the best we got this week, but I still feel like I'm surfacing apps sometimes that you wouldn't have otherwise known about. And again, this doesn't really affect us as bad as it would some other, but it, to me, it still says, Hey, there's still a, there's still a need here for outside of the app store and outside Apple's walls to, uh, show people, uh, some different apps and some different games and such. So, I mean, we could honestly talk about this forever, but it's just let's just write this off as kind of a bummer and and hope, like I said, hope again that Apple's not uh, going to continue following suit with the rest of his i with the rest of its uh, iTunes content. Um. Okay, lots more to talk about here, but we definitely want to take a break
0: and uh, get a quick word from our sponsors. This week's episode of Let's Talk iOS is brought to you by our good friends at LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business and that's why it's so important to find the right person. But how do you find them? How do you find the right person? Instead of posting on job boards, find the person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, people go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and discover job opportunities. Actually, 70% of the US workforce is already on LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs matches people to your role based on who they really are, their skills, interest and even how open they are to new opportunities this way your job gets seen by more of the right people Uh, most linkedin members haven't recently visited the top job boards but nine out of ten members are open to new opportunities so you can only reach them on linkedin these people are not actively looking for a job but they said they might be interested in getting a new job if the right opportunity arise and that's why uh, linkedin jobs can help Um, a new hire is made every 10 seconds uh, using LinkedIn. So that's how powerful this thing is. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. You can hurry to LinkedIn.com slash iOS and get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash iOS to get 50%, $50 off sorry, your first job post. Uh, LinkedIn.com slash iOS. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Um, okay, so next up, we have just a little note here. Icon found in iOS 12, uh, that reveals a new iPad Pro with thin bezel and no home button. Um, this is more of just like kind of throwing evidence on top of the stack. We already, I mean, if, if you, if you have been following Apple for any amount of time, uh, you would have to think that after the iPhone 10 and seeing the thinner bezels and with FaceTime, you have to think that, this would eventually make it into the iPad. That's just how it works, right? If a technology was found in the iPhone, eventually it makes its way up to the iPad. Look at touch ID, look at the LED flash, um, things like that. Uh and and then with the thinner bezels and uh no need for a home button, you just had to think that it would just be mostly a, a full square screen design. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, a few episodes back, yeah. uh what we wanted this iPad to look like, and we've even seen some really cool concepts. Uh but so this just adds evidence to that, right? There's a little uh little icon, a little glyph or graphic, whatever you want to call it in the uh in the uh part of the battery usage UI uh in iOS twelve for the iPad. And uh so yeah. Not nothing, nothing too crazy here, but again, if you were hoping that Apple would make an iPad looks like this, this is uh this is good news for you.
0: This is it. This is this is, <laughs> this, is this is your eight hundred dollars going away. <laughs> right. Um
1: I know uh you know. I know we've talked about this. This design gets really gets us both really excited. This is what the iPad probably should have looked like all along. No home button, just a sheet of glass. Hopefully it's it's thin. Hopefully it still gets the same great battery life. I'm hoping it either has an uh, an OLED display or something really sharp that can handle all of Apple's latest uh 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 you know, technology, True Tone and things like that. Uh I'm wondering how they're because we've heard okay, so the rumor is the iPad's gonna have the smart connector on the bottom, right? It's not gonna be on the left hand side anymore. It'd be found at the bottom by the lightning connector. Um and they're saying the reason for the move is because face ID would not work in landscape mode. Um, which doesn't sound correct to me necessarily, and it would be a huge bummer if that's the case, because it's gonna limit you to a lot of things, right? The the iPad's always gonna have to be in portrait mode uh when you wanna unlock the device. And uh, if you just think and maybe you don't even think about it because uh, face ID has become so second nature to me uh, all the times that it's automatically logged me into websites or it's automatically logged me into uh, applications or it's uh, enabled me to do, uh, you know, download or pay for an app in the app store. Uh, all those times it would have to be in portrait mode if if the rumor holds true that it's not going to work in landscape mode. So that would be kind of a bummer. Uh, is that what you're getting from this?
0: Yeah, but I don't, I think that's a technical challenge that is going to be overcome. Uh, I doubt there's going to be a, a single orientation that you have to use to unlock with Face ID. I, I think it's, it's again, what I call the normal evolution of things. Um, and right now you, you have to use fa- Face ID on your iPhone X in, uh, portrait mode. Um, and, and this is, this is going to change. I think in the next iPhone, you're going to be able to use it in any way you want, in any angle orientation you want. And I believe it's going to be the same for, for this, um, iPad Pro. Um, because that, that, that just makes sense to evolve the feature in this direction. And that wouldn't make sense as specifically on the iPad. You have one single orientation that you have to use to unlock your phone. So I think this is just, uh, uh, a new feature if you will, coming to to face id in in these, uh with this new hardware in september
1: right and then uh to kind of tack on to this um i'm never going to be able to pronounce his first name can you gil is it gilherme rambo well, let's just call him rambo yeah uh uh he's a programmer uh, and consults for nine to five Mac and he posted code that uh, indicates that the new iPad pro models will offer face ID capabilities um, again not not a surprise, not a new report or rumor, but definitely uh, adds to the stack of evidence that Apple is uh, is uh, getting close to releasing new iPads and uh, or iPad pros I guess you could call them and uh, they will indeed have face ID and uh, again we 're hoping they have this uh, all screen design. Uh, so now we're going to get into something that really, uh, uh, gets, you know, I get excited about numbers, uh, when it comes to Apple, I know that's not the most interesting thing for everybody, but I think these are a little bit special. So, uh, we'll talk about the earnings call first and then we'll talk about the valuation. So Apple on Tuesday announced its Q3 2018, uh, earnings. And again, this is the previous three months. This is their performance for those three months. So it's how many iPhones did they sell? How much money did they make? All major publicly traded companies do this. They release a report and they typically hold these conference calls where, you know, investors, stockholders, uh, people that would want to know or are involved, industry watchers, they can, you know, listen in to uh, the CEO and the CFO and people like that talk about the business. And not only do they talk about, hey, this is how we did over the last three months, but they also project how they're going to do in the following three months and maybe even the, the following year out. Um. So on Tuesday, they announced uh, that they sold 41.3 million iPhones, which, uh, you know, if you took the temperature of, of Wall Street beforehand, this is about what they were expected to sell. 41 million, I think, uh, was the guess. They sold 41 million iPhones in the same quarter last year. Uh, so with that 0.3, they're actually up 1%. Uh, iPads, 11.5 million. They sold 11.4 million the same quarter year ago. So, again, we're up by 1%. Uh the big the big growth here was the was the revenue. And I think a lot of it has to do with their uh burgeoning uh uh services division, right? Which is up at an all-time record at record uh revenues for the app store, record revenues for iCloud, all, all across the board. It also has to do with the uh the uh higher price, you know, what is it, the RPU revenue per unit of the iPhone ten, right? Because they're selling these at a thousand dollars a clip versus uh you know a normal iPhone six seven hundred dollars um that raise in price also adds to the revenue but anyways they're up seventeen percent from the same quarter last year fifty three point three billion they recorded this this uh Q three um uh, versus forty five point four billion last year. I wanna say Wall Street was expecting in the high forties <laughs> high forty billions in terms of revenue. So this really blew it out of the water. Um the stock was trading up three or four percent uh in after hours, which is still pretty big for for a company this size and um yeah, very impressive earnings. The only thing that was down, and I'm not sure how you wanna how you could frame this, but uh max sales they were only at three point seven million this past quarter versus four point three million uh in the quarter last year, so those were actually down thirteen percent and you just have to think that the macBook Airs are long overdue for an update. Um, even the Retina uh, MacBooks, which some thought would have replaced the MacBook Air at some point, those have not be- been updated in over a year. Uh, MacBook Pros, we did see some new high-end MacBook Pros um, this year, not too long ago, but the lower-end MacBook Pros still need a refresh. You know, there's the, the keyboard problem. There's the, the touch bar. Nobody knows what to make of that. If that's really a good input method or not, if that's worth the extra money. Uh, iMacs are way overdue for an update. No real Mac Pro in, in the future. Uh, although we know one's coming in 2019. And and then Mac Mini, who, uh, Apple seems to think is, is still, uh, still has life there. Um, so. I think the Mac is kind of in a little bit of a turmoil. Maybe we'll get a clearer picture of what that's gonna look like uh, this fall if Apple announces some new hardware but it's not surprising to me that Mac sales are down and it really it's just not a big part of their business right fifty three billion dollars and 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 when you look at that versus th- you know three or four million dollar Macs is just not a big cut uh, Did you see anything that jumped out to you from uh, their earnings report?
0: No, it seems that it seems what's uh Coming almost clear to me, and reading some of the, of the analyst takes on on these numbers, is that iPhone has somewhat, it seems, reached a cruise control speed, where um, the um, the upgrade cycle is, seems to be pretty clear now, and and iPhone might not b- break huge records. You know, it might not like shatter records every quarter. Uh, anymore, it's still slightly growing. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a nice recurring safe business, especially because it's the main, uh, revenue maker from Apple. I mean, we we talked about this many times before. Um, so now it seems pretty clear that the iPhone is, uh, is a, a nice, comfortable, safe recurring, um, business for Apple. And I feel like, uh, Wall Street is rewarding this uh is rewarding apple for this um Macs down uh, um, i feel like it was probably due to the fact that at the time when you know during this last quarter uh, there was no there hadn't been been a, a mac update in about a year so we've seen you know new updates like the macbook macbook pros uh have been updated you know recently um, but but that was not part of the, the last quarter. So that might explain why these numbers are down 13%, which is pretty big. I mean, when, when you look at it, 13% is a pretty big dip. Um, but with new Macs being released uh, this past month, we might actually see a little uptick uh in the coming in the coming quarter uh, who knows maybe there's gonna be a new mac mini announced maybe there's gonna be a new imac uh, being announced or, or refreshed i should say imac uh, maybe a new or refreshed mac mini announced and that should uh, push uh, the mac numbers up a little bit
1: yeah i mean if we want to go along if we want to pull at that string uh, probably the thing that stuck out to me most in the call was uh, Apple's expected Q4 revenue. Uh, they're expecting it to be between 60 and $62 billion. Woo! That is huge. So Q4, I think that might confuse some people. That doesn't mean the holiday quarter, right? The way Apple's fiscal year works is uh, the holiday quarter actually counts as their first quarter of the following year, uh, if that makes sense. So Q4 is really just going to be for August, September, and October. And then uh, Q1 of next year, Fiscal year will be uh, uh, November, December. What comes before November? October, October. November. Well. Now I feel like I'm double counting. Now I feel like I'm double counting months, but you get what I'm there saying. There's 14 months in a year, Cody.
0: <laughs> Apparently,
1: <laughs> by my calendar that I'm looking at, it's Um But no, so for Q4, so over this period of time where they're really only going to it, the new products they're going to announce in September, if they are able to release even half of those in September, I'll be impressed. But they're just not going to have a lot of time on the market in this quarter for me to go, okay, they're definitely going to have a block quarter. So they obviously have some big plans here. The 60, $62 billion uh, in revenue in three months, that's just an insane number to me, but it's going to be up $10 billion from their Q4 last year, uh, if that gives you any indication. so. Yeah, it's wild. And I think that has a lot to do with their uptick right now, why they're so flying so high right now. Um, I will, uh, I wanted to list a couple of the interesting things from the call and then we'll definitely get to the trillion dollar question here. Um, uh, I also thought this was fascinating. Apple Pay facilitated more transactions than Square last quarter. Although Tim Cook, I believe, was clear to say we still think Square is a great service. So they're not trying to, to burn that bridge, uh, uh, I, something I took note of this is also huge Apple pay coming to 7-eleven and CBS this fall big that must that must mean that they're throwing in the towel right because if you if, if you recall this was a thing for a while when Apple pay first launched there was a certain group and I believe they were called the merchant customer exchange MCE or MCX is how they win. It's a consortium of a bunch of retail shops and and uh I think it was either CVS or Walgreens that initially started taking Apple Pay, CBS. but then when they got they got into this consortium, they said, "Ah, we're going to stop taking Apple Pay and they wanted to launch their own version of a mobile payment service and they called it Currency and it just it was ended up being a bad deal. It required barcodes and several steps and it was just it was a complete mess. I know Walmart was in the mix of that consortium as well, so they did have some huge power behind it and it just never worked out. So the fact that Apple seven eleven was actually in that group as well, as I'm looking at here. High V, Lowe's, Michaels, uh, Sears Holding, Target. Uh, so a lot of these groups were all in on this current scene. It just never, you know, it just never formed, it never took shape. Uh, so the fact that Apple Pay will be officially launching at 7-Eleven uh, and CVS is a really, really big deal yeah. uh, because they fought it for so long. And it's just – it adds locations, right? I can't even imagine how many CVS locations there are in North America alone.
0: And, and 7-Eleven. I mean even Yeah, 7-Eleven as even well. Yeah. And I know that, that's, that's uh, an issue – or concern that I frequently raised last year you know I was saying I love Apple Pay but I can't use it and I live in Southern California and I can't use it but I can't use it that wasn't so much because of adoption that was more because of hardware uh incapabilities uh, I know at 711 the 711 down the street from me didn't have the the um the point of sale uh system to be able to take NFC payments so it just even if they wanted to they physically technically couldn't take Apple Pay or any other uh, NFC payment. And being back in the US uh, a year after leaving the country, I have noticed that I can use Apple Pay in many more locations than I was able to last year. Um, Right. uh, It it is very flagrant and obvious to me that um, these point-of-sales systems are being updated, upgraded uh, all over the country, and uh, and and I think that's what's driving this larger adoption of uh, of Apple Pay and other NFC payments, really. So I'm super super excited about this because in France I can pay Apple with Apple Pay. Anywhere, like just about anywhere. The only problem in France is that there is a limit on the amount you can charge. I think it's 20 or 30 euros. So you can just, you know, you can't buy a pair of shoes and pay with Apple Pay, but I can go down the street to the bakery and, you know, buy my 80 cents baguette at the bakery and pay with Apple Pay with my watch or with my iPhone. And, uh, that's really, really neat. And it seems that finally, it's trickling down, at least in the places where I've been in the U.S., which would be, you know, like the Midwest in, in Illinois and Chicago area and here in Southern California. So I'm super, super stoked about this, uh, to see this, uh, this adoption of, um, of a contactless payment because this is definitely the future and it is so practical to be able to just pay with your phone. So super pumped about this and looking forward to more uh, retailers adopting this.
1: I for one am looking forward to paying with paying for my Slurpees with uh, Apple Pay. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> uh, Slurpees are good. Uh some other things here uh that are definitely worth noting. Um to me it's uh, Apple hit an all-time services record revenue of nine point five billion. Um and that, again, that includes App Store, iTunes, things like that. Uh also Apple did note later this year iTunes will become the largest hub of Dolby Atmos movies. So what that is, is Dolby Atmos is a type of surround sound. Um, I know there's some audio files out there that are screaming like you're getting it wrong. But in the most basic layman's terms, it's just like a technology um, that when you have it, you can u- utilize a Dolby Atmos surround sound speaker setup, right? And you've got these Atmos speakers that are either sitting on top of other speakers or sometimes you even put them in the ceiling and they just add to the surround sound effect. Very cool. So for Apple to be able to do that in one kind of deaf swoop, is uh, It's very cool. You've got to think that they're getting close to being one of the largest 4K libraries out there as well as they continue to update their digital movies. Um, staying along in the same tune, everybody's wondering about what Apple is going to do with its original content. I thought Tim Cook's comments here were very, very telling. Um, regarding Apple's plans for original content, Tim Cook said, I could not be more excited about what's going on there and feel very good about what we will eventually offer. And I wish I would have gotten more notes here, but, uh, it just went too fast through the call. And I meant to go back and listen to the call again and kind of add another sentence or two, but I didn't. But he, he, there's a, a bunch of sites did a full out transcript of this, of this call and his comments on the original content. It really sounds like they're gearing up to offer a TV service and how they offer it and what they charge and what platform. And, you know, I have no idea about that, but it's, it's, uh, he seemed pretty stoked. What we will eventually, I feel very good about what we will eventually have to offer. So um that that was kind of my takeaway there. Charter Communications, a very large cable internet service provider uh here in the US, soon to begin offering Apple TV 4K to uh, some 50 million customers. Another big deal, that's them saying you can use this TV or this Apple TV as a as a cable box and uh access our service on here. Um, Apple's wearables division has seen 60% year-over-year growth. I meant to ask you about this, kind of in your travels over the last several weeks, and I guess even your time in
0: Europe, are you starting to see more Apple Watches around? Yeah, absolutely. That's a note I wanted to make, actually. Um, it, it is... I see it everywhere, and, I, and obviously I look for it. You know, I, I'm always interested to see what, what kind of devices people are wearing on at their wrist. And uh, when it's not a physical watch... I would say that 90% of the time it's an Apple watch and the 10% of the time remaining, it might be like a Fitbit or some weird step counter or things like that. Um, but I, I, it's very anecdotal, right? That it's not based on any scientific data or anything. But from me moving in different places in a short amount of time like this and even living in, in France, I see, I see a lot. Of people with Apple Watch, like by any means, this is a very successful product. It is absolutely successful. Uh, so it's nice to see this, and uh, that gets me even more excited for the for the the next uh, Apple Watch to hopefully be released uh, next month. Now, for uh, what about AirPods? Do you see? Are you starting to see more AirPods? Oh boy, same thing. I see <laughs> them everywhere. You know, like I, I I don't know if it was with you that I talked about this, but living in the little village in France, like there was me having them. That that was the only person having AirPods in the village. And then the the baker's wife, she saw me with that. She was like, Oh, what is this? And like a week later she had them. And so it was just the two of us having them. And then I saw th- I saw them a lot during the World Cup on, you know, like the players having them. I was like, damn, I'm not the only one in France having these things. And then we went to Paris and everybody had AirPods. Like everybody had AirPods. And like going to the airport, flying to the U.S., like I started noticing that everybody have everybody has AirPods. Again, like this is a very very successful product. It's very successful in France, and it is very successful again. Very, uh, it's very anecdotal. Again, I'm not I'm not count taking counts or anything, but I. I do see them everywhere. So I think it's it's a, it might not be as successful as um, Apple Watch in terms of sales numbers. Um, but um, I think it's getting there. I really think it's getting there.
1: Yeah, it's up there. And I'll just, I'll, I can, you know, they're obviously counting these AirPods as wearables. And uh, like you, in my everyday, in my day-to-day, and not even just local around me. I, I look on TV, you know, I watch a lot of live sports which means that, uh, uh, you know, you're seeing players and coaches and uh, you'll see, you know, I follow some of these people, some of these players and coaches online and celebrities online on Instagram and Twitter, and you're seeing them work out. Like if you follow Kevin Hart, if you're one of the 70 million or whatever, follow Kevin Hart on Instagram, you see he's got AirPods in very often, uh, you know, when he's doing his workouts and stuff like that, getting ready to go perform. Um, I know that he did a series of small ads for he's a Nike guy, right? He's got he's Nike promoter. I think he has his own shoes with Nike, but he also did a series of little commercials for the Nike Apple Watch uh nike plus apple watch whatever it's officially called but uh so that's it's a small affiliation but otherwise no real affiliation other than just probably likes the airpods and uses them and so it's not to me would not likely being paid to promote these same with a lot of other celebrities that i again you just don't see ties uh mark Wahlberg seems to have airpods in every video he posts and uh it's me seeing this and i'm going well, if these guys are using these in these videos and they've got tens of millions of followers, you gotta think that that's, there's a trickle down effect there. Yeah. And, uh, and in my own personal, you know, if I go to the gym, I'm seeing, you know, where I was once one of maybe two or three people total that I'd ever seen there have them. Now it seems like you're seeing 10 and 15 and 20 people have these. Um And I think Tim Cook made a little note on the call and saying uh, it's almost like uh, it's almost like what you saw with the iPods back in 2001. Pretty soon you start seeing these white earbuds pop up everywhere and it's it almost feels like that's what you're seeing with AirPods. And, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly when I bought them, but I feel like I'm almost a year into having them and and uh, still love them. And I, I it feels like Apple's gearing up to release another version. So something to keep an eye on, something to keep an eye on with Apple Watch. And, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what other people are seeing in their day to day if they're seeing an uptick in these. Cause I just feel like I'm seeing more like you too. You know, every once in a while I'll see an Apple watch or I'll think I'll see an Apple watch and maybe five or 10% of the time, it's like a larger face Fitbit watch. And, you know, (laughs) me, I just kind of go, ah, you know, like you just feel like not that, not that being on a different platform is bad, but you just know that you, the experience could be better for them, I guess. I don't know. That was weird to say, but, uh. Anyways, yeah, I could definitely see why there would be 60%, uh, uh, year over year growth there on, on the wearables. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it for my takeaway from the call. And again, that's kind of all leading up to what I'm about to mention, which is last week, Apple became the first company to hit a trillion dollar, uh, market valuation. Now, yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of asterisk here, right? Like, uh, in fact, I told my buddy who's a, a huge Android huge Android fan, so you had to know that he was going to have a comeback for this. But he said, no, uh, China Oil, you know, he named some kind of uh, foreign oil company that hit a trillion, you know, previously. And I thought, OK, well, <laughs> let's just limit it to either North America or Wall Street or the biggest stock exchanges. Apple is the first company to hit a trillion dollars. Now, first public company, right? There are some probably Middle Eastern oil companies that don't get traded publicly. Um, I'm sure if you wanted to get really seedy, maybe some of the Colombian cartels back in the day were worth a lot more. But uh, this is just such a huge milestone, a trillion dollars. Apple's been chasing it. Uh, I don't know if they've been purposely chasing it, but just the industry watchers and everybody looking at them and following them are, have been calling for Apple to be the first trillion-dollar company for a long time. Um, you know, they had that – was it, there was a struggle there in like 2013. It was right after the stock split, maybe it was 14 where – um uh you know, Apple at one point was at like seven hundred seventy, then they had the seven to one stock split. It dropped down to around the hundred and twenty dollar mark, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, but they had this rough streak where they dipped into under a hundred dollars and Google and other companies had passed them in market value, and you thought, well, is this it? Is is is, is Apple's you know, historic run coming to end? Obviously it wasn't um I think the magic number was like two o seven right two hundred and seven dollars uh for their stock price, just given how many shares are outstanding and things i we won 't get into the numbers too much, but just know that they hit this number of price per share that made their market cap over a trillion dollars uh I know amazon was was up on their hills google every every once in a while gets up on their hills, but Apple man. And I said, you know, I made a tweet about this. I t- Take the politics out of it. Take the take the hate out of it. Take the Android versus iOS hate out of it. Uh, I just don't know how you could do anything else other than just respect this from the company and from the people who built the company. I mean, just incredible. Uh, as I said in my tweet, uh, 20 years ago, this company was on the verge of bankruptcy, right? They just had terrible products out that weren't doing anything. They had no CEO at the time. They had to call Steve Jobs back, the founder of the company. Um and then for for him to release the iMac and then the iPod and then follow that up with the iPhone and then just build a company brick by brick like that again uh, from bankrupt to a uh, trillion dollars in really two decades is just an incredible feat. I, I just don't know how you could look at Tim Cook even, right? The last... Let's see. Steve Jobs stepped down, and I want to say 2010. I know he passed away in 2011, but I feel like he stepped down in 2010. I'd have to go back and look for sure, but let's call it 2011. Tim Cook's been manning the ship for seven years. Uh, and has not gotten a lot of praise, uh, from the media, from people that follow the company a lot of people, you know, there was even investors and some people calling for him to be, to be fired. They didn't think he had the vision or the, uh, the, the foresight or the insight to, to know what's coming next and, and didn't like the way he was running things, but clearly he's doing something because in the last seven years he's taken from, you know, it'd be I don't know the number that they were at in 2011, but the stock's clearly gone up. The market cap's gone up. Their market share for all their products has gone up. And I just don't know how you can look at him or Eddie Q or Johnny Ive or Steve Jobs or uh, even the Scott Forstalls of the day. Not look at them and just think, what absolute titans to reach this pinnacle, this trillion-dollar mark before your Walmarts, before your Coca-Colas, these companies that have been around for 50 plus years and who we think of when we think old money and we think of big money and we think of wealth and we think of success and for Apple to come in and do it uh, just huge, man. Really cool. Did you have any thoughts on the trillion dollar mark?
0: Uh, no. I mean, you with all your excitement, you probably said it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is a huge, it, it's, it, it doesn't have any significance, right? It, except for the milestone, but right. it, it it doesn't change the company, right? They are still making iPhone. They, the iPhones they are making today are not any better than the iPhone they were making before they won a trillion dollars. So it doesn't really change anything. But like you said, it, it is a huge milestone and it's a testimony to the great work. Uh, I mean, depending on how you look at it, uh, that Tim Cook and his lieutenants are put in. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing... Achievement, um, it is like you said, the first company at least in the United States uh, to reach that that, uh, that milestone. There's gonna be more. I mean, Amazon is just behind. Amazon, you know, is probably a few months away from breaking that billion dollar uh, milestone as well. And and you know, we could expect Google to do the same. And uh, who knows? Maybe Facebook in a few years could do the same. Um, so it it's like they're opening the way the 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 path for for these companies to follow to follow through um but it is it is pretty amazing um uh, it is amazing i guess for uh apple uh, shareholders uh too which i think you and i are i know i am an apple shareholder i think you are as well um so yeah it's 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 pretty amazing good time to be an apple enthusiast um it seems that every every quarter or every so every every once in a while there is this narrative that where can apple go from here and it's been i mean this narrative has been told for years now you know for several years now it's like okay apple's reached peak you know what can they do what can they do now where can they go now and and it seems that Every, they can not reinvent themselves but find new ways um to to release new products uh which is i guess uh their uh, the essence of apple but also to make more money and make more money and make more money and be more profitable and generate more revenue and more return for investors um it is you know this this narrative that uh apple can't really go anywhere anymore um has been defied by by these numbers that we see every quarter. Um, So now I'm wondering, like, where can Apple go from here? Like, (laughs) what's the next step? I mean, what's uh, two trillion dollars? Is seems to be the logical, you know, next step. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, when that's going to happen. And I mean, who knows? Like, I was talking about this negative narrative around Apple, but... You know, at some point, this is gonna become truth. Like Apple is not gonna be able to find new ways, or maybe Tim Cook is not gonna be the right guy for the job anymore, or maybe Tim Cook's successor is not gonna be the right guy for the job, and 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 Apple might uh, might not be the shiny company that it is today. I mean, no company ever as you know as stayed in business forever. I mean, you can look at the Microsoft was was the store uh, not that long ago, I mean, 15 years ago, like Microsoft was riding high. Uh, Sony at one time was the best electronics company in the world. You know, that's, that was the best you could get. And now Sony is still relevant. They still make great products, but they're not as relevant. They're not as forward thinking as they used to be. So this is bound to happen to happen to Apple at some point. Um, Obviously, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen in my lifetime, but I would be surprised if it didn't because, uh, again, like it's just the nature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at, at some point you can't ride that wave forever. Someone's, some things get to give at some point and it might seem like great products or something, but maybe like a bad strategy or something. The good thing is with Apple, they have so much money in the chest right now that, that they can afford to have. You know a bad product release. they can't even ha- afford like to have like, an exploding iPhone like Samsung had if they had to. They, they could afford like, to have several mistakes like this, costing them you know billions and billions of dollars because they have the financial backbone uh, to withstand it at least temporarily. Uh, so that should give like, you know um, Apple some, some sort of cushion. Um, but again, it's not immune um, to to hitting a war. And And it will I mean, inevitably it will eventually hit some sort of war and, and lose its shine. Um, well it's just nobody knows when that's going to be. Um,
1: I think I saw it summed up best or or it was just a funny anecdote. I was one of the uh, one of the uh, analysts that I follow on Twitter, but he said, uh, Apple has become the first company ever to be just one trillion dollars away from two trillion dollar <laughs> market cap." Um, so as you kind of look to where they're going to head now, by the way, uh, I had to look it up because it was kind of bothering me. In, uh, their lowest point in, uh, 2011, they touched, uh, uh, just, just right around the $40 mark per share. Now, this is adjusted because I don't think in 2011, I don't think the split had happened yet. Uh, so they were still in the hundreds, you know, in terms of where their stock price showed at that time. But if we just keep it as if the split was there all along, um, Just imagine them being around the $40 mark in 2011 when Tim Cook took over and uh, uh, for it to be over $200 now just six or seven years later, uh, uh, just a tremendous, um, tremendous feat. And, you know, I'm also reminded we won't go too long on this, but uh, like you said, I'm kind of fired up uh about this you mentioned apple enthusiasts and and we're kind of more than that right like our job is kind of based around this we both use Macs. we have iphones we're covering every event um we're there in line buying most of the new products and so i know we're biased and i know we're skewed and what we really say on this doesn't matter but it just you feel kind of like you attached yourself to a winning horse and that feels kind of good right because when you attached yourself to it maybe it wasn't a winning horse uh, when you said, I'm going to cover Apple forever in 2008, uh, you know, the iPhone looked really cool, and Apple had had a lot of success with the iPods and the iMac, but they still weren't the thing, right? Microsoft was still king of the computers, and and Apple seemed like they had radical ideas. They had this new $800 phone, and and everybody from Microsoft's uh, Steve Ballmer to uh Uh, That CEO of Palm just didn't think Apple was going to go anywhere with it. And even Steve Jobs himself said, we hope to get 1% of the phone market. And uh, So when we really jumped into this and said, okay, Apple, we're all in on you kind of deal, nobody had any idea that they would go to this. So you just, again, you kind of feel like you attach yourself to a winning horse and and saw something maybe other people didn't. And that's, I think, what gets me fired up. Uh, But I saw this clip in in, uh, my Twitter timeline within the last day or so that it was – uh, uh, Steve Jobs. I think it was his return kind of event, uh, and uh, you had Bill Gates up uh, by video call up on the uh, uh big screen behind him, and uh, he announced not only were they going to bring Office over to the Mac, but they were going to make a hundred and fifty million dollar investment in Apple because they were really in that kind of trouble. So here you have Steve Jobs who was. Very unceremoniously, very publicly, kicked out of his own company that he founded, and now just to kind of just to, as he's making his comeback with Apple, he's got to really swallow every last bit of pride and not only reappear for the company that threw, overthrew him and and kicked him out, but he's got to get help from a guy. If you ever saw Pirates of Silicon Valley, if you know anything about how uh, uh you know this went down between Apple and Microsoft back in the early day, you know that they were enemies. And uh, even when Steve Jobs was still alive and you would it would feel weird when they would appear on stage together. I think they did it once or twice to talk, but it was definitely there was this long, long, long standing rivalry between the two. So here he is. He's got to get help. He's got to get this investment of one hundred and fifty million dollars from at the time had to be his arch enemy. Right. Somebody who he felt stole ideas, stabbed him in the back. I mean, it was just a very crazy moment to me. Um, and a little piece of me after seeing that and after knowing what kind of, you know, pills, uh, uh, you know, uh, figuratively, not, 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 uh, actually, but, uh, uh, what Steve Jobs had to deal with, uh, around that time and swallow his pride and, and take the lickings and, and however you want to say it, knowing what he went through at that time, you almost feel kind of bad that he's not around to see Apple touch that trillion dollar mark, you know, to kind of be like, woo. Yeah. We did we did it. We did it and it was all worth it. And and uh, so, yeah, pretty crazy, really crazy moment for me when they hit that trillion dollar mark. Like you said, they could they could go a million ways from here and that's fine. You know, it's been an interesting ride regardless. But uh, I think that's why the trillion dollar mark stood out so much to me, because I kind of watched them grow as I grew over the years. And uh, they
0: like you said, they defied a lot of odds to do it. All right, my friend. Anything else you want to talk about? Um,
1: No, I think we said it all. And, uh, yeah. All right. Really, it's just kind of... Really, I mean, from here, what can you do, right? We've got the iPhone event coming up in a few weeks in, in September. Maybe, you know, we'll see some other new products. So, uh, yeah, just looking forward to the future, my friend. And the future is coming soon.
0: Yep. It's right around the corner. Actually, we just passed it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I see my future. My future is to edit this podcast and, uh, put my trunks on and go surfing. That seems to be my future.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, you enjoy that. And, uh, I will, let's say we meet back same time, same place next week.
0: Yeah. I'll be actually at the same place next week. I'll be staying here. So I'll talk to you next week, my good friend. Yep. I'll be here. Bye-bye.